beautiful people across the globe. We just want to welcome you to another edition of D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K, The Kickback, with Sharika, Sabrina, and E.B. What's good, beautiful people? We're going to go ahead and dive straight into our temp check. Sabrina, where you at this week? (laughs) (laughs) I can't get this song. Isn't there a song that's like, feeling good, I'm feeling great? It's like the singer does not sound good at all, but he's saying he's he's feeling feeling good. good. Who is it? Y'all know what I'm talking about or not? Nah. <laughs> see, see Evie's face. He's like, like a Bruno Mars. No, it's a rapper. rapper. And he's like, no, am I thinking? I just thought of what you're doing. Nothing know. chilling at the holiday. And that's not that one. It's another one. <laughs> it, there is another one. I, I will find it before the end of this podcast. I will Google it and let you guys know. But I am feeling good and I'm feeling great. Yeah, it is. I'm gonna find it after as Sharika and you were talking. I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna bring it right back around. Not the outcast, right? Outcast. That's hey y'all. I'm great. I am great. You know, uh, I've had a lot of family zooms lately, and it's been good because I don't really get to see my family a lot. They live so far away, so I'm giving it a 95. I'm doing. Oh, well, for me, I don't have a number this week, but I would say somewhat on the cloudy side. It's not like a cloudy, like gloomy that things are going wrong. Everything is good on my end. I just told you that's another day in paradise. (laughs) But cloudy as it just tied, like tied, like T-I-I-I-E-D. But it's not even a tie game or nothing like that. (laughs) Tied, that's how my body is. Just feeling that way this week, but still feeling good. Feeling great, right? I'm feeling like trash because I typed in and I thought I was going to be on top of things. Lyrics, feeling good, feeling great, and outcast prototype (laughs) came right (laughs) out. Evie. I apologize. <laughs> I guess it is that one. But I feel like Outkast has really good music. They and do. the one, the song that I am thinking of, that. the rapper wasn't even singing. That's why I said it like that. He sounded like lazy and done, but he said no. he was feeling good. Be it, I mean, that sounds like a common thing to be said in plenty of songs. Yeah, he was talk singing. And that's okay. how I feel. Like, I feel good and great, but I'm not, like, jumping off the mountaintop. But I mm-hmm. feel, you know, I'm, I'm good. With the Drake, Drake got a song like that. Uh, YG got a song like no. that. So you trying to say Drake Drake? Listen, I'm not a Drake fan. Drake definitely can't sing. <laughs> you tripping? I like his songs, but I'm not gonna pretend like mm-hmm. I have ever bought an album. Oh, I think I, mean, well, I, I spent the 129 on the um Nice for What because that's an uh-huh. anthem, and that is like my life. If I was a song, that would be it. Nice for what? TVs, you know what? So that I did spend 129 and enemies when he was like, I got enemies. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I I. I have I like Apple that. Music, so I don't. I, I don't be downloading the songs, but I don't be paying for. Well, I guess I pay for the subscription, but I don't be paying for the songs. But that, oh, speaking of that, Apple Music people, shameless plug for all of y'all out there. If you have a college email, you can pay four ninety nine. You're lying. I'm just letting y'all know. So those of you who think that Apple or Title or Spotify or any of these places are expensive, just get the student fee. Like I'm still paying four ninety nine for Apple Music, and I'm like Sharika, I can download unlimitedly. <laughs> like I'm not paying a dollar twenty nine for no song. I just get whatever song that I want. I just Pretty got much. Apple Music recently, but I feel like I should have got Title. I felt bad. Why? Because, because I'm, trying support support. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm trying to support. Black King. Y'all already know. I'm trying to support. But uh, there's some random songs I need for work that make me feel like Apple for now is the way to go. That's what it means. Yeah. I know. Well, Sharika, this week, who invited to table. Well, okay, so this invitation is a little different than the ones I've done in the past. Well, in the past, I've done specific individuals. This time, it's a group of people. Okay. And the people that I'm inviting to the table today are the allies. The people who are down for the cause, who do their part, who stand up for what's right. I just wanted to celebrate them today. If you're wondering, well, what's an ally? If you're an ally, who's an ally? An ally is a person, group, or a nation that is associated with another or others for some common cause or purpose. And the allies I'm speaking for are the people who are down for the cause of the people who are suffering under the injustices, racial inequality. And so for the people who have been standing up for people of color who have been mistreated, I just want to salute you and thank you. Listen, I see y'all on the Facebook, getting into them arguments a few times. 
When somebody comes incorrect on your page or someone else's page, and before the person who is being disrespected gets to say something, the ally jumps in, I'll be like, thank you. And sometimes, you know, during this very difficult time we talked about last week with the social unrest, there have been some moments where I have felt very fatigued and like E.B. tired. And I just felt like, you know, it's hard to keep fighting the, the good fight. And when you got the allies who have come in and stepped up and stepped in and did their part, whether they've been out there protesting, whether they've been social media monitoring and fighting or whatever you want to call it. And listen, this is what's even more important. When you're all out there in your own private conversations with your ignorant co-workers or so-called friends or even family members, when you are standing up for people who aren't there to stand up for themselves in those spaces... That is where you are really needed and very much appreciated. So thank you, allies out there. Thank you for all you have done for the cause for justice and your love for all of mankind. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate it. So today on our major look segment, we are going to be talking about political climate. Climate out there during this political The block season. is hot, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, side note. Speaking of the block is hot, did y'all hear about the war state prison in Georgia? Mm-hmm. Oh, they had a whole uprising and overthrew everyone. <laughs> Their prisoners. I just bring it up really quickly because we were talking about the state of our prisons mm-hmm. last time on yeah. the podcast. And the prisoners had been sending family notes saying, like, they're not feeding us. We can't wow. take a shower until every three days. They literally had, I think, eight guards for 1,500 prisoners. So you already know what's up. (laughs) Come on, warden. And everybody, different CEOs are like on Facebook calling out the warden for all the wrong he's done, Mm. saying it was inevitable. But yeah, they, and the whole town, they shut down the power for the whole town. That they ain't nobody seeing. Because they were trying to get it back in order. So shout out to the prisoners who literally had to do that. (laughs) No, shout out to them who literally had to do that for people to be like, oh, something's going down over there. Like, because just because you committed a crime doesn't mean you should be treated like an animal. Listen, and that's I totally that. agree with that. Why are you treating people like this? And that's the thing because that... you can. And I was going to say, and that is what has led to all this social unrest. is because people think that they can just treat people any old yeah. kind of way. So look up War State Prison, Georgia. And we're talking about the political climate and something mm-hmm. that can help with these sort of things is voting because people pass laws about the state of our prisons and yes. et cetera. And it's not all in the seat of the White House, whoever's the president. A lot mm-hmm. of times they don't even have as much power as we think. It sits with the House and the Senate and yeah. our local representatives. So let's get into that today. I will start with a little confession about this when it comes to voting. In the past, I'm shamed to say I was picking cute names. Okay. No, I was. not one of those. I was. I was cute one names. of those. Cute names. So I she like looked this. at the ballot and was like, ah, oh, Madison, that seems nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was me. I did that. I didn't know these people. I Not even know. by your party, just by the name. Well, it would be a lot. And so okay. sometimes I'm like, you know, I like that name. Or, you know, I don't like that name. I know a girl named that, and I wasn't a fan of her, and so I'm not choosing this person. Yes, it was me. I'm sorry, guys. I've let you down, but I said in the past. Well, when you were a child, you <laughs> thought it was a child. Exactly. <laughs> but that's, I say that to say, it's important to educate yourself. Amen. Because you need to know who these names are and what the policies and things these people represent. That's what comes behind those names. It's not just, oh, okay, I'll pick this cute name. And then when we got these real life problems that this cute name came with, we all upset. So I just wanted to start that out with be educated. Educate yourself. Don't play yourself. Because that happened to me. And I couldn't even tell you who those names were now. But I know the situation that we are up under here in Florida with a governor that just got us out here wild and open free with all these numbers with COVID. So this is where that kind of stuff really boils down to. You got to know who your representatives are, who, when you're voting for your governors, your represent, your state, uh, your judges, we judges, just voted for I was judges. just going to say all those kind of things, mm-hmm. the state representatives, all those things, you know, we have a say in who gets elected. 
So what changed it for you from the cute names to like getting down to the meat? Was it the mainstream media's voice? Was it just as you grew up, you realized, you know, I want more of a voice in these things and you did the research and you said, oh, to have more of a voice, I need to be more intelligent. I think it was seeing the uh, results, what's going on with the judges and how they've been treating people and people getting off on things and realizing like people's records are out there and you can mm-hmm. see the judgments, how many they're sentencing and how the type of individuals they give longer sentences to and and just seeing how the impact on our community and also in times like this where you see different states whose elected officials have been very protective of their people and trying to do their best to keep them safe beyond the money and they're out there like, you know what, I'd rather have save lives and make sure I'm taking the most precautions that I can. And that as well as just the people who support the people in higher offices like the presidents. Mm -hmm. So those just seeing the real life impact has really made me feel like, you know what, I need to know what I'm doing when I get to that point. And I want to make sure that my concerns have been heard or as best as I can. And the only way I can do that is by voting for someone who is going for the things that are important for me. Yeah, and that definitely is where it all starts. And I know we opened up with just educating yourself. So as an individual, right, when you get to that age of 18, and I would say probably even before that, when you get into high school, you start thinking of what you want your future to look like. And if you're someone who feels like you're going to have kids in the future, what is the life you want to leave for your kids or your grandkids? You start looking at the patterns of those people within our world, Mm -hmm. those senators, those House of Representatives. If you want to get like a little more specific and you think of your your governor, your lieutenant governors, your secretary of state, attorney generals, those who are in judges and offices of or positions of authority. And like people can have positional authority, but that doesn't mean they're all they are always in the best interest for you. Mm-hmm. So you have to focus on how are these people, I guess their morals or their values or their beliefs lining up with my beliefs. And you have even stuff as your county commissioners, your city managers, your superintendents. Like these are not things that people just fill out an application for and they get this job. Like these are elected officials. And when a person is an elected official, they work for you, mm-hmm. right? They do what you, in a sense, want them to do. But mm-hmm. if you're not even aware or educated or informed, you really have no area to critique them. And it's so easy for us to bash people or critique people or degrade or devalue individuals in leadership when we're not even aware of what our own wants are. Yeah. And so when you educate or inform yourself of the things that you want, then that helps you to better when you go to that ballot, right? Or that ballot box on voting day, or you get your mail-in ballot, which we might dive into a little bit today. You get to know like, oh, this person, when I I read up on them, this is what they were about. Or when I saw them speaking, this is what they were about. When they had that debate, this is what they were on, and I'm with that. And so Mm -hmm. the main thing is just educate yourself and just not be out here just you know, checking names off <laughs> because they sound or look pretty. Yeah, she's forgiven. And the other reason why I think this is so important to educate yourself is because when we look at the media and social media, it's confusing. I hate the, um, what is it, mudslinging the, the little campaigns are like, this mm-hmm. person's for this. And this per- yeah. Yes, yeah. I hate that. And then it also leaves you feeling like, well, I don't know who to pick. All that information behind these individuals are online. So you don't have to just look at what they're telling you on mainstream media or social media. You can go and research those people yourself and find out more details and not just what opposing candidate is slinging against the other person. Are they really fighting for the causes that are important to you? And this is a good time to talk about what constitutes as a reputable source. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of times we'll see the things on social media. And I am thankful for the fact checking that is happening on Twitter now. That's happening on Facebook. I'm not in the Instagram scene, but you guys, is that happening? on Instagram or not so much or I would say for the most part now you definitely see some stuff that gets pulled or you hear about it getting pulled but it just it just depends on how often you're going back to that page or that source yeah because once I see it and I share it with my group of friends that no, becomes their, the fact yeah. for them that becomes yeah. reality and that's another thing I'll let you continue but it's just are we fact checking the things that we see mm-hmm. like we yeah. have to be up on top of that. So for me, when I was in school, we learned that reputable sources, especially online, usually have .org, Mm. .gov, .gov, .org, .edu. If you're looking at journals or scientific, I know with COVID, a lot of people are saying, what are are the facts? Peer-reviewed journals, uh, those are the sort of things that are reputable. 
sources, Wikipedia, anybody, like I could go up there today and write something about ED. I could make up a whole profile and it could stay up there. Mm -hmm. It's not a reputable source. Now, some of the stuff up there is true, but that's the best lies, the lies that are mixed with truth. If something is true, guess what? It's still going to be true. You don't even have to get hot about it. You can just go double check it with some reputable sources and then you can ride with that. And I mainly list it online reputable sources because that's what I see a lot of people posting people's YouTubes and it's just a random Joe Schmo. But because they said it on YouTube, it must be true. Like when it comes to online, it's .gov, .org, .edu. Yeah, definitely. So if you're, if you're looking at another website or if you're looking at maybe a radio to listen to or a podcast, one of the most reputable sources that I've come across is NPR. Like mm. NPR is just like next level as far as content. Mm-hmm. It keeps you informed. It keeps you engaged. And the other thing I would encourage is two types of, I guess, medias that I'm aware of. It's mainstream media mm-hmm. that is ran by corporations and our government. Yes, our government runs media. And then you have alternative media where these are actual people who just like, hey, or this is what's important for the poor, or this is what's important for ethnic minorities, or this is what's important for labor groups, this is what they're pushing. Like, you see those types of things that's going on, and you have to figure out, where am I at with these things? Like, I know for me at home, my wife would get into it because I'll go home some days, and I'll spend like an hour watching Fox, and then right after, I'll spend another hour watching CNN. Like, I try to balance and mix Mm -hmm. it in. I'm like, one, I need to know how to navigate with a lot of people who I interact with. I get a privilege of interacting with a lot of people throughout my days here and there. And then other times, I'm just like, why do people think this way? Why do I think this way? Why do people think like me? Why do Mm -hmm. people agree with me? And I watch both sides. I'm like, if you only stick to one source, you can see why a lot of the stuff that we see going on in our world and why you see all the ups and downs or the highs and lows on your social media feeds. I love what you said about making sure you get a dose of both because Mm -hmm. once again, when it comes to like, I don't, what do we even call that? Like TV media? All those things. Yeah, mainstream media. I mean, they are always going to have a bias. So you look at the top, look who's funding them, right? Yes. Everybody has an angle, but when you go in the middle, a lot of times that's where the truth is. It's just like Mm -hmm. when two kids come up to you and they're both mad and they have a story, you listen to both sides and usually the truth is somewhere right in the middle. Yeah. It's so funny to me. Like you can, like you were saying, he goes from one station to that and it can be the same story and it's so funny how one station will spin it one way and the next station will have a totally different spin on the exact same story. It happens with the best of us. Think about Mm. witnesses when they witness a crime. Some of them Mm, will say I promise he had a yellow shirt and then the video plays back and it's like oh snap it was blue. Something in them and their experiences incline them to say yellow and the same thing happens with us. That's why the responsibility relies on us as individuals to seek out the information. We can choose to sit back and just accept what we're fed and unlike ED, like I don't have cable which that's not a great excuse because in today's day you don't really need cable to get any of that mainstream news but I mainly get my news from talking to people like my friends like EB my parents Mm -hmm. who watch news or I will see the top 10 things trending right Mm -hmm. so I kind of get it from there so I know I definitely am missing some information between the the cracks but from there I will google things like NPR or et cetera, and do more deep diving if there's a subject that I really want to get into. For me, one of the important things when it comes to politics is not to be so, so distracted by what's happening in the White House and really focus down in on what's happening locally. I Maybe it was a year or two years ago or a couple of months ago, Evie said to me, oh, do you know who our sheriff is? And I was like, I don't get in trouble, so (laughs) no. But Evie was able to tell me our sheriff, and et cetera, and he was just going down the line. Mm-hmm. But people, I should know that. Right. Because when I have complaints about how they handle convictions in our neighborhood or whatever, I should know the mayor or whatever, just like EB knows. So when I write them a letter, these people, like EB said, they're representing us. I need to know who the judges are because that is where the pol- most of the policies that we're upset about and mad about, they really happen on the local level. Yes, they really do. The power is down here, and the power is, God bless America, it's with the people. So if you're only doing the deep dive when it comes to the presidential elections, I would challenge you to go beyond that because you have that right as a citizen. And we didn't always have that right. So when I say we, I'm just saying like, okay, people of color didn't even hold it. 
always had that right. Women mm-hmm. didn't even always have that right. So now in this climate, when you actually have the right to be that power and influence your friends and family, whatever, imagine if your whole town, y'all were all on the same wave and y'all voted the local people in and out. That is how we beat things like the electoral college, which we feel like doesn't always reflect the people's voice. Definitely. And um, just because Sabrina had mentioned it, shout out to Sheriff Chad Cronister. We're still waiting for you to arrest undercover deputy Philip Montessa for hitting a 15-year-old teen on a hit and run and not helping him. That's mm. still something that burns me because I live in this city and I drive past North Florida Avenue to come to work at times. And it's just one of those things that this is not like a foreign thing when people say no to people who are in positions of power because things happen day in and day out under mm. certain individuals' leadership. And those are one of those things, as much as I see some of the things that he's done, it's like, I'm not sure if I can vote for you next election because you had one of your undercover deputies do a hit and run. But with all of that, I would say the other thing is you have to make sure, again, we talked about it, be educated, be informed. One of the things to always do, always like, especially for our brothers and sisters who are eligible, who are not convicted felons in your rights haven't been restored is register to vote make sure that you are registered to vote there are so many things that this lovely country of ours do to hinder that for people um, for whatever reasons and we'll, we'll dive into voter suppression a little later but there's options depending on where you live and where you're from to do online to do in person to do mail in and you can like fact check yourself or say like, hey, am I even registered to vote? Am I eligible to vote in this upcoming election? Like, You can confirm that you're a registered voter. You'll know where your precinct is. You'll know where to go when upcoming elections are happening, who's on that ballot. And you can go to their personal websites and see what they stand for. So that's one of the very, very first things it comes within this political climate and seeing mainstream media, seeing the stuff that you see on social media. How do you keep yourself engaged? How do you keep yourself informed? How do you dive into that space of like, I want to make a difference. And one of the ways you can make a difference is being registered to vote and then actually voting in your local election. Yes. Like, it's so crazy that, you know, literally 12 years ago, right, in 2008, we had this crazy turnout. And then in 2012, it went down. In 2016, it was a little, in a sense, up and down as far as less, especially within the minority population. And it's one of those things is like, if you have, in a sense, that right, I would encourage you to just dive into it. Maybe you don't know who to vote for, but I'm confident that those local elections are very, very important and they impact your everyday life. I was thinking about registering to vote, you know, under the COVID, all this stuff. Now they're doing, trying to get people to do like mail-in voting. How do y'all feel about mailing your vote? I have never done it because Me I've either. never needed to, but yeah. it's never been a decision I made because I thought there was corruption or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just been because I get a high from getting that sticker on the voting day. Like <laughs> I love going down there. And I was a part of a um, non-profit. It's kind of like a Girl Scout program, mm-hmm. but basically that when I was little. And part of our pledge was to be a good citizen. And I remember that teacher, she was also a member of my church, sitting me down. And I'll say her name, Miss Rose. And she was like, now y'all be a good citizen and you always vote because that's what good citizens do. So for me growing up, I was like, okay, period. I'm a (laughs) citizen and part of being a good citizen and I made this pledge is to vote. So I like to go down there. I will say when they send me the vote by mail thing, I love to look through. I use that Mm -hmm. to like look through, see who the people are and et cetera. And I, I don't know why I went for you, Sharika. I haven't always been on it. But instead of voting for somebody I really didn't know, I'd just leave it blank Mm -hmm. and just vote for those. Or I would vote by my party if it was one of those situations where I was like, ooh, if my party has the control here, they can make the changes. Um, But not always, girl. So you're literally (laughs) not the only one. What about you guys? Poll, mail? I I mean, with this COVID, you know, the idea of being in line and being out there is like, uh, I don't know if I really want to. But I do, like, now... And I never really thought about it before or had this fear of corruption. But now I'm all, now I'm a little concerned. I'm like, mm. well, when I send in my ballot, is it going to, you know, are they going to do what they're supposed to do for real? Or is this just going to get th- tossed in the can or something? I don't know. But don't you think that's part of um, <laughs> Evie's friend Kanye the other day <laughs> said the four Ds of uh, destruction, right? Like you put in someone's mind mm. that something is yeah. no longer going to be credible, something yeah. that is credible. So now we have this hesitation and it's like, Okay, well, do we send it in? Is it going to matter? Or do I mean, we, I'm going to do, do it we not go in? No. I don't know. I 
feel like if I get there early enough, usually work is very kind. That and is true. Go vote. I want to go in person. So for me with that, I definitely agree on both ends, right? So when I think of the mail-in ballots, I don't just think of myself. Me personally, it's like I've always voted in person, me so too. I'll likely continue that. The only thing this year is the week of election is my anniversary week, so I won't be able to go on actual voting day. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at alternatives of still going in person, mm -hmm. but just doing it a week or two early. If not, I'll be doing a mail-in or absentee voting for this year. But I think of our elderly, those who are in nursing homes, those who are disabled who just can't be as mobile as other people, those who transportation, those who their jobs don't let them get off. Um, or they can't because just the need to be at home, which is one of those crazy things, right, where there's people right now in our country, shout out to these senators and House of Representatives on both sides of the aisle who are fighting for November 3rd this year to be, in a sense, a national holiday where you don't have to go to work for Election Day. And it's like one of those things, why are we even fighting this? Like, why is it this just an automatic, like, hey, let's make sure everybody's off. It's a paid holiday. This is important. It's only happened every four years. It's not like it's a every, annual yeah. annual thing. So it's one of those things which is like, what is the hesitation by some individuals? Now, of course, one of the things I remember hearing that people were like, you can't do mail-in because then it can be fraud. People can steal other people's mail and all of these things. I think it has to be some way of diving into that space and making it as credible as possible. Like, hey, this is your name. Hey, this is... I won't say your social, but at least your ID number, this is your address. You know, things where you're writing in pertinent information that only you would know. Or when you go mm. register to vote, it's a specific thing like, hey, what city did you grow up on? Like one of those security questions that you have for like one of your online accounts or something along those lines. But for me, I understand it. I think it's definitely helpful. And as we already mentioned, thinking about COVID is one of those things of just like that will make more people probably not want to go in person because of just the fear of the unknown. Like these mm -hmm. unprecedented times that we're living in, these uncharted waters that we're all swimming through with this pandemic where we have to find ways to make sure that there's no fraud happening, that there's credible people working at the voting precincts that, again, a there's supervisor... A safe, of, and it's, that it's a safe place And it's to a do safe that. place to do it in, within the comfort of your home. The other thing is, guys, you vote for your supervisor of elections. Mm -hmm. So when you register to vote and you go out and vote, you're voting for people... And you're placing a sense of confidence and an accountability on those individuals. And if they don't do what you expect them to do, then you find ways to either petition them to get out of office or you make sure you vote in another way come the next election. I remember this video. I wish I had the name. It just popped into my head when you said you hold these people accountable. This was all over social media. He was very upset with this woman. I can't even think of her name. He said it so much, but I, right now I can't even think of her name. Was the guy from Louisiana? Yeah, like when she was, council, um, when she, yes, and she was over oh, there. Oh, Connie? Connie, yes. <laughs> Definitely Connie. <laughs> Connie. Yes, and Connie was on there online shopping. I'm here for you, Connie. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. Rouge. Yes, he was here for Connie because, like he said, he was calling for her to resign because this was just not about the business. And she was on. Oh, she was about. She was on about that Amazon business, wasn't she? Shopping for she some curtains. Shout out to Connie Bernard. It was a school board meeting, matter of yes, fact. Yes. A school board meeting. Yes. It was thinking of changing the name. Changing the name, Robin e. Lee School, whatever. Yeah, changing it to something else. School, and he gave credible people in the city of people who it could have been named mm -hmm. after. And again, these school board members are people who are elected officials. Yeah. It's important to know who you're voting into these spaces, again, of positional authority. Yeah. We're coming for you, Connie's. <laughs> we're going to see if we can find a way to put that clip in there. <laughs> I don't know if we can, but we're going to um, try. So I had intended to get up here and talk about how racist Robert E. Lee was, but I'm going to talk about you, Connie, sitting over there shopping while we're talking about Robert E. Lee. This is a picture of you shopping while we talking about racism and history in this country. Only white members of this board got up while we were up here talking too, because you don't give a damn, and it's clear. But I'm gonna tell you what the slaves, my ancestors said about Robert E. Lee, since you don't know history, sister. Let me tell you that they said when he got the plantation, after he got off the field where 27,000 people died at Gettysburg, Connie, Robert E. Lee was a brutal slave master. Not only did when he whooped the slaves, he said lay it on them hard. After he said, lay it on them hard, he said, put brine on them, sort of burn them. That's what Robert E. Lee did. 
and you set your arrogant self in here and sit on that shopping while the pain and the hurt of the people of this community is on display because you don't give a damn and you should resign. You should have resigned two years ago when you choked a white man in his house. You should have resigned two weeks ago when you got on TV and said foolishness. And you should walk out of here and resign and never come back because you are the example of racism in this community. You are horrible, not to the rest of the board. You have an obligation to the people of this community. And 81% of them are black. And do you need a Klan rally outside, Mr. Godet, before you end it? Because holding it up means that you put that building in jeopardy. You do, sir. Because all over the country, they're burning stuff down. And black folks in this city have stood with protesters. I ain't seen you elected officials out there with them, making sure that nothing goes south in Baton Rouge. It's been folks in this community who give a damn not just when it's comfortable, but every time. And four years ago, we came down here. Mr. Drake, they say you're a good man. Be a good man. Black folks say you're a good man. White folks say you're a good man. Your legacy is attached to tonight, brother. Your legacy. Now, let me say to the black members of the board, it's the most solidarity I've seen out of y'all in forever. Let's keep it at. Let's stand on this moving forward. Because we don't need to apologize for Connie, Evelyn. She showed you who she was when she was sitting next to you while you were talking shopping. You don't need another example. Now, when do we as Baton Rouge stop being in 1856? If you want to name the building after somebody, how about PBS Pinchback, the first black governor of the state of Louisiana, when he was governor during Reconstruction? You want another name? Oscar Dunn, who was the lieutenant governor of the state of Louisiana in the 1860s that gave the right for Darius Lannis and Don Collins and, and Evelyn Ware Jackson and Tramiel Howard to get here. You want to name it after somebody from Reconstruction? Name it after the people who fought for abolition of slavery. If you want to name it after somebody, honor the right people, the people who are on the right side of history. But it's your ancestor that the school is named after. So you're holding on to your heritage. But we built this joint for free. Thank and we've you. done begging you to do what's right. Thank you, sir. Next. Yeah, that it was, and it was so good because it was like, you know what? It's time for the comments to be called out. It's time for the people who have been in these positions that really don't care about the people and they're just in there for their own interests. It's time to call these people out, but you can only do that when you know what you're talking about and when you know you have your own expectations and you have your own hopes and dreams for your community and you're invested and you care about not just yourself, but those around you and you want better for them. And then you see these elected officials over here just chilling and shopping and you're like, uh uh, we're we not about this. You know what? We are here for the commies. Definitely, definitely. We talked a little bit about voting at the polls versus by mail, but voter suppression is real. Yes, it is. It is real. And when you were saying your little story, Sabrina, about when you were a kid and that idea of the responsibility as being a good citizen and the pride that you had, mm -hmm. I feel bad for, you know, I, I didn't have that experience. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are like, you why? Didn't? No, no. When, how old were you when you first voted? I mean, I was vote. I voted when I was eighteen and was able to vote. I mean, but the instilling of the pride and the responsibility—it wasn't taught to me. It's like such an important thing, and I know that there's a lot of people who are very discouraged. A lot of people feel like, "Why vote?" But that's not like an outside source. Oh, I know, but I'm just them. saying we have people who are discouraged, and I feel like there's a group of people who are discouraged mm -hmm. feel like what's the point my vote doesn't even matter and then there's this whole other side of the voter suppression which is outside sources we need the education but there's so much that i don't want to i don't want to say combat because combat no, sounds negative i think it is combat okay. it's like the uphill battle of a form of combating state of just yeah. like it's a loose-loose situation like why am i putting in the effort or the energy in this case to vote when there's a certain group of people who don't want me to vote. Mm -hmm. And some people might be like, there's no such thing as voter suppression, whatever you're talking about. But there have been laws enacted to start like redistricting areas, mainly black and brown areas within our country, to make sure that people don't even know where their polling booths are at. Mm -hmm. Or there's certain places where most people, like from what we know, right, you either work at 8.30 to 4.30 or 8 to 4 or 9 to 5, where instead of having polling precincts closing at seven or eight after people can get off work. They close it early at five, knowing that these people can't get off work in time to so go vote. And yeah. they're banging on doors like, hey, I'm here, it's 4.58. And they're like, sorry, you're late. You should have been inside of the building 15 minutes prior 
or you should have been in line. Like that's the type of voter suppression that we're talking about. And when we say it shouldn't be a big deal to have election day as a federal holiday, because there is some people who get off work at five o'clock and it's like, my polling precinct closes at five. And then so if now you I don't can't work vote. near where you live, you can't just go vote wherever you want to. You have to vote where they assigned you. And so now you can't make it back there in time to vote. As someone who this is important to, I feel sad because I feel there's so much working against getting things accomplished. Because we have people that are scourged. We have voter suppression. It just seems like there's so much. Like, how do we give hope? How do we encourage? How do we push past all of these things but not just for ourselves but like to get the other people involved stand up against these things that are oppressing us in these situations I think it's reminding people as we're doing now that they have a voice and that their voice really matters Mm -hmm. and how to utilize that like even that situation with the sheriff, I didn't even know that went down. Mm-hmm. But that encourages me to do more research and look at the other people who are going to run for sheriff and even write a letter to the one we have now and say, this is not okay. What's going on with this situation? Because if the people who are in power feel like they can just kind of get by and do mm-hmm. whatever and nobody really cares, then they're going to do that. Yeah. So if those people are feeling like they're on an uphill battle, if that's you, you're not alone. You have a voice. It matters. Yeah. And I'm glad E.B. gave his little situation. Like, there are other options if you can't make it out that day or, you know, mm-hmm. do it that way you would love to. But hopefully they do pass that. So I'm just looking out for someday. Hold so, on hope for something. Yeah, definitely. So I remember last month, right, um, President Obama, as he eulogized the great John Lewis, yeah. he talked about closing of polling places. He talked about the targeting students and minorities with yeah. voter ID laws. And you might be like, what is that? So you got to think. So if each of us, me, Sharika, and Sabrina, if we went off to college somewhere, let's just say we went to Harvard, and because all of our IDs currently has a Florida residence, they would not allow us to vote there. Mm-hmm. So you can't, I can't just leave the first week of November to fly back to Florida to vote. It's like one of those things, well, you have my information here. What's the big deal for me to vote in Florida? It's a Florida ID. Can I not do a mail-in ballot? Or can I not vote in this presidential election? Because I am a college student here. But this is usually geared towards black and brown yes. individuals or people of low income where they can't get back or they won't be comfortable doing a mail-in voting or voting purges where they're like, hey, you haven't voted. You didn't vote in 2016, which is happening right now. And we saw it happen in Georgia in 2018 with the governor's race, but where you didn't vote in the 2016 election. So we're just going to script all of your information. So now when I go to the voting precinct, like we don't have you registered. And that's mm-hmm. why I encourage you to check your current status of every year to say, am I still registered? Because maybe you didn't want to vote in 2016. You're like, these are the lesser of the two evils, and I really don't care which one we get. But I encourage you to just make sure you're there, even if it's voting for a local state representative or a local city manager or a county commissioner. Just do something, because when you miss the election in total, that's what usually happens in voter purges, where they just strip you off of the ballot, and now you're just stuck come November 3rd this upcoming year. Yeah, and so that means you're going to have to put some energy and effort into it, okay? Educate yourself. Do your work. Make sure you're registered to vote and follow through. And I laughed a little bit earlier when you said, and actually vote, but yes, and actually vote. In the words of the great President Obama, once we pass the John Lewis Voting Right Act, Mm. we should keep marching to make it even better by making sure every American is automatically, automatically Register to vote, including former inmates who've earned, mm-hmm. who've earned. We're not saying every inmate who gets out just automatically gets a chance to vote. Who've earned their second chance by adding more polling places and expanding early voting and making Election Day a national holiday. I don't think these are wild claims to make or wild petitions or wild requests. Come on, guys, we can do this. EB, about that eulogy, it was powerful. And I saw people having something negative to say, which, you know, I know they're going to always have something negative to say. But they were like, well, this is someone's funeral. Why would he be out there talking about all these political things? He's talking about the things that John was passionate about when he was alive. So that's a way to honor him. Exactly. And so for if you were one of those people like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was inappropriate. No, if you knew John Lewis, you would have known that wasn't inappropriate. John Lewis said that's what he was willing to die for. It's for the future of this Mm. country. And some of us don't even want to be inconvenienced for it. They don't. Well, speaking of voting, back in the day, dun-dun-dun-dun, it's time (laughs) for our little history lesson. 
Do you guys know why we vote on, well, what day do we vote on, first of all? Do y'all know? First Tuesday of November. Yeah. Yes, it's the first Tuesday of November. Do you know why? I don't, that know I don't. Well, election season is upon us, and I'm here to answer the question of why we vote on Tuesday. Shout out once again to NPR for these facts. So why does America do this? Like most things, the practice goes back a long time and hasn't really caught up to modern days. The tradition actually was created for convenience when America was mostly an agricultural society. To answer the question of why Tuesday and in November, it comes down to understanding that the day chosen was all about where we were in history in the 19th century. Most Americans were farmers and they were devoutly Christian. So they needed time to travel because the roads weren't paved and polling locations weren't widespread like they are today. Sundays were out because of church and people had to get to the county seat to vote. And automobiles weren't really an option because they weren't a factor until the early 20th century. The interstate highway system wasn't even authorized until the mid-1950s. So that's why we have it on a Tuesday. As for why November, well, spring was planting season. Summer was taking up with working the fields and tending the crops. Shout out to working in the hottest months of the year in the field and tending the crops. But by November, the fall harvest was over. And in most of the country, the weather was still mild enough to permit travel over those unpaved roads. Lawmakers wanted to prevent election day from falling on the 1st of November for three reasons, religion, business, and of course, politics. So one, November 1st, I'm doing a lot of shout outs today. Shout out to my sister who was born on All Saints Day, which is a holy day of November obligation. 1st? Yeah, that's November Shout 1st. Dr. Mary and Reverend Platt. Oh, they were born on the same day? Of course, both ordained. <laughs> so they didn't want to have it on All Saints Day. Like we talked about, most of these people were Christians, and a lot of them were Catholics. But Protestants observed that day, too, so mm-hmm. they didn't even want to mess with that day. The second reason, business. Most of the merchants were in the habit of doing their books from the month before on the 1st, so they didn't want to mess with that day either. And then finally, politics. Members of Congress were worried that the economic status or the failure of the previous month might prove like an excessive influence on the vote. So for now, Election Day remains the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. Although early voting has certainly expanded this tradition and the definition of Election Day, this year, though, more than one-third of voters are expected to cast a ballot early. Hopefully, I will be there, though, on that Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And that's all for Back in the Day. Listen, this has been educational. I never even noticed it was on a Tuesday. I just knew, oh, it's voting day. That's what I was going to say, too. It's like, they tell me when the day is, okay, I'm showing up. I'll be there there. get my sticker. (laughs) All right, Evie, what are you expounding on today? I'm expounding on what we've been talking about. One of the most, I would say, disgusting people in history really didn't like people who look like me or you two. Governor George Wallace. He had vowed at his inauguration to defend segregation now, segregation tomorrow, and segregation forever. In June of 1963, he upheld his promise to stand in the schoolhouse door to prevent, to prevent two black students from Mm. enrolling at the University of Alabama. To protect the students and to secure their admission, the late great President Kennedy federalized the Alabama National Guard, and on June 11th, the president addressed the nation. Kennedy, President Kennedy that is, defined the civil rights crisis as moral as well as constitutional and legal. I would encourage you guys to go watch that speech. He announced that major civil rights legislation would be submitted to the Congress to guarantee equal access to public facilities to end segregation in education, and to provide federal protection of the right to vote. Now, of course, if you know anything about him, several years later, he was gunned down in Dallas, Texas, and he was succeeded by President Lyndon B. Johnson. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 was signed into law with President Lyndon B. Johnson, which aimed to overcome legal barriers at the state and local levels that prevented African-Americans from exercising their right to vote as guaranteed under the 15th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. So just think that 
take that back, right? We were guaranteed the right to vote, but the federal government had to intercede in state and local laws to make sure that this actually happened. Mm. So if you know your local and state representatives, you get the chance to vote them in and out of office. And these type of things are still happening today. The Voting Rights Act is considered one of the most far-reaching pieces of civil rights legislation in the U.S. I encourage you all again to go watch the late great President JFK's speech in 1961 and to read up on the Voting Rights Act of 1965, along with the 15th Amendment. Wow. We do have hope for a brighter future. That's all I got to say, you know? The world we live in. Sharika, what do you recommend today? Okay, so, listen, if you're old like me, or older, I'm going to need you to go somewhere in your closet, or I don't know if you got a little special case, bring out some of your old CDs, dust them off for this particular artist, Mr. Kirk Franklin. Okay, I love me some Kirk Franklin. I've always known this, but I'm recommending that you go back and listen to some Kirk Franklin music. I have been on it for the past week and a half, and it has been giving me the joy that I needed. It has given me a place to go when I felt some sorrow. It has got me hyped when I needed that energy. Kirk Franklin is a musical genius. For someone who cannot sing that well, the way he writes music and the harmonies, I, the musicality is just crazy. And I'm like, you know what? I've missed you, Kirk. He hasn't gone anywhere because this man has really been producing music and putting out music since 1993. Faithfully, everything that he puts out is fire. I'm just going to just drop a little five of my old school jams that I was like, you know, I forgot about this song. Hold Me Now. Yes. That was my song. Riverside. Yes. Broken Hearted. Oh, girl, it's so good. He wrote, I love that song. And the Blood song, I started listening to that yesterday. And I was like, I forgot about this song. Some of these songs, I'm like, I haven't heard for years. But literally, as the words were coming out of my mouth, I'm like, my mind didn't even have time to catch up. This is what the soul needs. So I'm recommending that you dust off your old Kurt Franklin albums. Or if you don't have his albums, go on iTunes, Spotify, Tidal, I don't know. For all you, wherever you get music from, Amazon Music. He got the music there and it will bless you. I am recommending two things. The first one is for you to go to USA.gov. Mm -hmm. At the top, you will see a tab that says voting, right? It says voting and elections. In there, it will give you how to vote, decide who to vote for, common voting and election terms, congressional, state, and local elections. Find my state or local election office website, presidential election process, all types of information that if we did not cover it here, I'm confident that it will be on that. Again, that's USA.gov, and you'll see at the top where it says voting and elections. The second one is sometimes I don't always watch things that I agree with. So I want you to maybe, maybe you agree with it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't even know who this person is. But slide to Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, talk to your mom or your daddy, your brother, your cousin, or somebody who you know who got it. Get their password and their email and dive in and watch Get Me Roger Stone. And you might be like, who is Roger Stone? It's described as before Roger Stone made headlines for being convicted on seven counts as a result of lying during the Mueller investigation, a trio of filmmakers released this documentary on Netflix. Stone is a longtime Republican. I know some of y'all are like, nope, I'm not watching it. I'm cutting it off. But no, watch it. I encourage you to watch it. He's a longtime Republican strategist known for donning a Richard Nixon tattoo on his back. The man is wild. The documentary follows Stone for five years to get a grasp on his influence over American politics. Stone is also an old friend and advisor to none other than mm. 45 himself. Mm. And the film explores the role Stone played in helping Trump secure the American presidency in 2016. Wow. It's inspired by an article about Stone that Stone had published. So I know some of you are like, nope, I'm not watching it. It's a Republican. He down with Trump. He got a tattoo of Richard Nixon. But I think it will give all of us, you and I included, a glimpse of what it's like to be in the ins and outs of American politics. So just watch it from, I guess you could say, an informing 
point of view of like, you're just there to learn. You're just there to gauge. I'm not telling you to believe what you see. Maybe you might, maybe not. I don't know, but that's what I'm recommending for you this week. Amen. And on top of that, I have another .gov recommendation. I encourage you to go to www.house.gov. When you are there, you can find out who your local representative is. I guarantee you, probably 50% of Americans don't know who their local representative is. And I didn't until about five minutes ago when I thought I should probably do this <laughs> myself. So I went to www.house.gov. I put my zip code at the top is right there. It says find your representative. And then I put my address in and guess who came up? Ross Spano. Who are you? I don't know. But he says he is probably serving my district, Florida's 15th district. I can see his website. I can see everything he stands for. I see a sign that says, welcome to Brandon, which is the area that I live in. And I can't wait to write him a letter and say, guess what? On this date, I found out you were my representative and this is how I feel about things. And I'm happy that we are in this communication together. Mm. It is so important for them to know that they are being watched, that people care and not just the few, that everyone cares. The more voices, the better. So find out who your representative is. It will take you one second and go ahead, shoot them an email, write them through snail mail, get it pop and let them know we see you and we're here to hold you accountable. One more thing before we pop off, Today, I called out Tanya and my husband for suggesting that disgusting chicken sandwich, and they told me it was my own fault because I got the wrong one. So I got the basic chicken sandwich from Wendy's, the spicy one. Looking at the rep page now, I can see where I went wrong because even the picture (laughs) is not on it. They told me I was supposed to go for the home-style Asagio Ranch Chicken Club. So when I try that, and I will try it, I'll get back to you guys. Is the Asiago, is that cheese? What? Yeah, it's a type of cheese. Okay. I like provolone and I like American and those are other white cheeses. So I'll probably be able to rock with the Asagio. Just the thought of getting chicken from a burger place, it just doesn't sit well with me. I still feel like Chick-fil-A and Popeyes are going to have this beat, but I will give it a try because they said, how dare you call us out <laughs> on that one? So we'll see if I recommend it in another episode. I say stick with what you know. Amen. Stick with what you know. <laughs> and on that note, we'll say thanks for listening to the kickback. If you down with the squad, make sure you share it with your peoples and subscribe to the pod. Hit up our social media or the email for topics, comments, and questions that you have. If life try to knock you down, just make sure you kick back. Until next week. <laughs> <laughs>